BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hello, everyone. So, Mara, the big news this week is that Tyler Christopher is taking a break from Days, and his former GH co-star, Brandon Barash, has stepped in to play the role of Stefan Demera. Now, emergency recasts are really not new in soaps and actually not unique to the acting profession. Yeah, I think in the case of these emergency recasts on soaps, though, it's almost like having an understudy on Broadway when these last-minute situations come up because the show must go on literally as the production schedule the daytime television keeps really doesn't allow for scenes to be pushed back long enough to avoid them. I think it's it's obviously jarring for viewers, and certainly for the actor, it can be a pretty Herculean task. And I think that's why we see casting directors turn to people in their Rolodex who have done daytime before, like Brandon in this instance, and Blake Barris, who pinched hit for Bradford Anderson as Spinelli on General Hospital last year. Um, Molly Burnett, who came in to play GH, uh, GH's Maxi. You know, these are people who aren't strangers to the task of memorizing gobs of dialogue and getting it all in one take and all of these challenging parameters of working in daytime television. What's interesting about the point about using people you know can do the job is the conversation I feel comes up a lot when shows get new executive producers or head writers. You know, you get a lot of fans or people being like, why are they recycling the same people over and over? Why isn't there any new blood? Mm -hmm. But I think you can kind of apply the same principle here. You know, these are really difficult jobs and there is no downtime and there is really no on-the-job training. So shows don't have the luxury of like waiting and like seeing, oh, is this person going to be able to handle it? It's kind of sink or swim. So you really need to go with a known quantity. Yeah, there are certain things that go along with writing daytime television that we've touched on some before in the podcast, like how many sets you can use a day, how many characters, you know, writing to build to a Friday cliffhanger. We could go on and on. Um, head writers have said to me, in essence, you know, my knowledge of these things and ability to hit the ground running is what has made me hireable from show to show to show. So, you know, these days, not only are there fewer shows for aspiring writers to break into, but I think with Quicken Production, it has made people with the soap writing skill sets yet more valuable to the shows when there are openings available. And, you know, I think to an extent, we all kind of armchair quarterback, you know, the shows and, you know, but a lot of it is because we have the time to actually sit back and critique or comment or praise or mm -hmm. what, however you're going to look at it because we're not in the trenches. So it's such a different 
perspective that you have, obviously, when you're tasked with, you know, creating like 260 shows a year. And certainly like in the case of an example like Days where you're doing it all much quicker because you're so far ahead. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't really know if there is the opportunity to bring other people in. Currently, if you look at Mal Young um, at Young and the Restless, he's probably the only semi-exception to the rule because he did Helm Soaps over in the UK before joining YNR. Uh, if you look back, Hogan Sheffer was a real find for As the World Turns back in the day. Michael Malone prior to that at One Life. But we are really going back decades to talk about people who broke the mold coming in as a head writer. Mm -hmm. And it is not to say that there aren't talented people out there who could come in and do the job. I am sure there are. But again, you cannot chance that. You know, even with Mal, he was on the production team at YNR before being promoted to the top spot. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you got to kind of get your feet wet a little. It's really, you can't just jump into these jobs. It's not the same, you know, as like maybe starting, I don't know, some other kind of job. It's like kind of here, like I feel like anyone over the years who we have hired here at the magazine, and it's rare that we bring in people who don't know soaps. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know soaps, there's no reason to be here. Right, absolutely. You've got you've got to kind of want to be immersed in it. And in terms of hitting the ground running, you know, even recognizing recognizing names, recognizing faces, uh, knowing history, that's not something that you can learn overnight even if you were motivated to try. Right. Speaking of like knowing history, maybe someone who started today might not know Joe Lando because he has not been on daytime in 25 years, but he is back and he is on Bold and Beautiful. And in the new issue, we have an interview with him. And, I mean, first of all, it's crazy to think that it's been 25 years since he's been on soaps. I know. But, I mean, what a cool comeback. Um, also, because I feel it's been a while since we've had somebody who has been out of the soap is so long make such a big return. Absolutely. Um, and he, you know, he was a very big deal when uh, he was on One Life to Live as Jake. And it's uh, interesting to think about his career. You know, I loved him on One Life to Live. I loved his pairing with Megan. You know, I think I mentioned possibly before that I gave myself hives crying so hard when Megan died in Jake's arms in 1992. Um, and then, of course, he went on to become super successful on primetime in Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Um, a show I loved very much. I never really watched it, but I do remember very well when he came on to Guiding Light. You know, we've talked about soap popping and we talk about stunt casting. And it's interesting, you know, that even back in 1993, Guiding Light took advantage of Joe's summer hiatus from uh, Dr. Quinn and brought him on in this short-term role as uh, Macaulay, his name was. And they were trying to attract fans of One Life to Live and of Dr. Quinn, you know, come in, get a little taste of Joe Lando, and maybe when Macaulay left, stick around in Springfield. Now, to me, there was really no better time to stick around Springfield, in my opinion. Um, Guiding Light was just so amazing during that particular time. I was a huge fan. Some of the moments too. that I really mm -hmm. think about with that show and my experience with that show totally date back to that time period. Well, I certainly think it's going to be fun for One Life to Live fans to see him on Bold and the Beautiful opposite Torsten K. Although they didn't work together at the same time, uh, I did feel that Patrick Thornhart's hair when Torsten was on that show was quite Joe Lando inspired. Oh my God, that's hilarious. And actually, Joe talks about his hair in the interview, which is so funny. Yeah, my favorite quote in the interview actually came from the sidebar uh, about how you know his new castmates at the show feel about him coming aboard. And uh, Torsten teases that he was one of the many people back in the day who had a Joe Lando poster on his wall. Well, funny, my favorite part of the interview uh, sidebar also comes from Torsten <laughs> because he says that Orson Bean, who is married to Allie Mills, who plays Pam, came to the set on Joe's first day 
because he and Joe were co-stars on Dr. Quinn and he wanted to say hi and catch up. That's really sweet. And I just love the idea that people who used to work together are still so close off camera and really develop strong bonds. Um, so like that story really touched me. Absolutely. Well, our guest today is a veteran of multiple shows. And last year returned to her very first daytime home, General Hospital, where she played Carly from 2001 to 2005, and certainly was not typecast as she is now playing an OBGYN. It is daytime Emmy winner Tamara Braun. (laughs) Um, Now, this is the first time Tamara has played two roles on one show. She did it on Days, where she first played Ava, for which she won that Emmy, and then was recast for her old co-star Natalia Livingston as Taylor, and then she came back as Ava. She was also on All My Children and was great there is Reese. So let's get her on the phone to talk about her past and present daytime experience. How you doing, Tamara? Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Well, you have so much going on on GH these days. Uh, The audience recently found out that Kim's son, Oscar, is suffering from a likely to be fatal brain tumor. And that Kim has been keeping it a secret since before she arrived in Port Charles. So first of all, how long have you known and what was your reaction to the story? Oh, I knew a little bit before that. And I was not, um, I was, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But I thought, well, you know, it's, it's so, so, you know, anything can happen. But, um, I was, uh, I was not. I was not thrilled, to be honest, (laughs) that Kim was keeping it from her son because it seemed like it would be the antithesis of what she would do as a mom who has a very close, honest, open relationship with her son and who is also a physician. So to me, that didn't really make much sense (laughs) for me. So, you know, a a lot of times when things don't make sense, for me as an actor, I have to, you know, go, okay, well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't think necessarily the character would do it, but the character is doing it. So why, you know, we always have to answer why. Um, and she, as, as the dialogue has said, she just wanted her son to have a very, as normal life as he could have. So in her mind, she felt know that he would, you know, still to enjoy his days as a teenager versus carrying that cloud of knowing around. That's Kim. (laughs) So So are you, like, are you the kind of actor who, though, would be tempted to go to the executive producer or to a writer and and try to talk it out, or do you just feel like it's your job to make it work somehow? Oh, yes. I absolutely go to ask, how you know, to help me out here. What is this? Because I, you know, when I, it's very hard for me, look, it is the actor's job to, you know, to make it work, right? But sometimes it's, it's very difficult. So if I can get some help and some insight, because it's not gelling with me, then it's going to make my job when I play, you know, when I play that scene or, you know, or the arc, um, it's going to make it, it easier. It's going to make it what I do better because then I have an understanding. There's nothing worse for me than not, not having a clear understanding as to why. Um, and I think it's very important to be able to answer those questions. Um, so yeah, I actually, I do. And I did. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that is, you know, that's, that's, you know, what I said before is, you know, 
what was also given to me. And you know, it's interesting. So I have a neighbor who's dear friend. She's like my second mom here now, right? She's, um, and when I, this story came up, I was like, oh no, because of course she's watching the show so she can see me on TV. <laughs> and um, she, her son died of a brain tumor. And oh my goodness. So, yeah. And so I, when I heard the story was going to happen, I, I, of course, was thinking about her and going, oh, I hope it doesn't upset her. <laughs> but, but then as things are coming along, you know, she's been watching and I don't get to watch all the time. You know, she'll text me and say, oh, Kim did this or you did this or blah, blah, blah. And the other day she texted me saying that um, basically she, I was, I was, I was able to convey what she was feeling when she was going through this stuff with her own kids. So that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we talked and I said, was, is there a, can you understand why a mom, let's take the doctor part out of it, but why a mom wouldn't tell her. She's like, she's like, no, I can't, you know, and a lot of people I've spoken to cannot understand why, you know, like in terms for their own life and their own experience, um, that they wouldn't do it, but they can wrap their head around perhaps why someone else might, whether they agree with it or they don't agree with it doesn't matter. But, you know, people do things, you know, all the time, you know, good people do things where you're like, whoa, that, that really just shocks me that you would react in such a way or that you would deal with this type of situation in that way. People justify things all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the EPs, you know, gave me a way and a reason, you know, and it, it was in the writing, you know, that she wanted him to have a normal childhood. Um, it's been a struggle for Tamara, but that's that Tamara is not, you know, <laughs> it's not the character of Tamara. It's the character of Kim. So that's, you know, Carly did a whole bunch of crazy stuff that, you know, was hard to justify. Ava on Days of Our Lives did a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff that's hard to justify. But I think what was easier for me on that is that their characters were, uh, one was mentally ill, one was um, very impulsive, you know, but it's the same thing, you know, when there's a character that seems so put together in a way, it can be interesting to see, oh, well, here are her possible flaws. Here's how her brain works in terms of a certain rationale. And hopefully, you know, maybe things will come out about her history, which will enlighten us a little more as to why, mm-hmm. why she wanted to give him this. And why in her mind it was the right thing to do. Well, one thing it has given you is some really amazing scenes to play. You had some lovely ones with Billy Miller when Kim came clean, withdrew about Oscar's diagnosis. What were those like to shoot? Oh, the one. Okay, so after we found out and we went into the to the Kim's office, mm-hmm. and he then put his hands on my shoulders. Those mm-hmm. scenes. Yeah, those were lovely. <laughs> those were. <laughs> You know, those were, um, sometimes you're doing a scene and, you know, you never know how it's going to go and we don't have a lot of time or takes, you know, anymore. So those scenes were, I think, a lovely surprise and gift to both of us because when we started rolling, 
something happened and we were both just there. He was so lovely. His, his emotional availability and our connection just seemed to click. And so that was, it was a nice gift, I think, for both of us in that moment as actors. Well, thus far, of course, I think the closest relationship that Kim has developed is with Charlie, a.k.a. Julian. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, tell us about uh, working with William DeVry, which you hadn't done prior to uh, taking on this role. Yeah, I love working with Will. He's just, we have a really good time. We're light together and fun and silly and dorks. <laughs> anytime I can be an idiot with somebody, I have a good time. Um, yeah, we're having a really good time. You know, Kim walks into his bar for a cup of coffee or a cortado and, you know, who knew a broken espresso machine or one that just wasn't plugged in would <laughs> turn into this. So, <laughs> you know, it was nice. It's nice to see. Um, it's nice to play. Um, what's been What's been nice for me um, was the lightness and was the joy because there's so much heaviness often in soaps. So whenever I can be light, joyful and happy or playful, that's it's that too is a gift. Well, as Kim, you get to work with a number of people who you interacted with when you played Carly. But of course, you have different on-screen relationships with them now, probably no more than Maurice Bernard. So what's it been like to be around him again? And what are your standout memories of the years you spent working with him as the Carly to his Sonny? Which I loved, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Um, you know, it's um, we don't work together. <laughs> so we really don't. We had that uh, one scene. Well, I guess it was two, uh, one, one day, but actually two days, I guess I was saying scenes. Um, when... When I first came on, I shot it in one day, but it was, it played over two days of Thanksgiving. And then that's been it. We've not had any scenes together since, except when I walked out of Charlie's bar and he and Mike were, or Sonny and Mike were walking in and I said, hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so to answer your question on like how it's been to, you know, be with Maurice and working, it's, we haven't, um, except for day one. And day one was, you know, a whole lot of, oh God, I'm back. And, you know, a lot of dialogue and blah, blah, blah. But, um, but, you know, we see each other in the halls, we see each other in hair and makeup and it's, it's been good. He seems just really happy in his life. His kids are, you know, adults. Now. <laughs> it's amazing. He's had just a, what, 25 years, which is incredible, but he seems good, but we don't really get to work and interact that much. The other day we were, um, he was showing me all his, uh, what do you call them? I'm such an idiot when it comes to this the, um, social media. Oh, like his, he used to Snapchat. <laughs> he was bummed out because he did all these Snapchats. And I was like, I think you can do it on the Insta story. <laughs> He's like, really? How about ones I've already taped? I was like, yes, you can. And then I had to call a, had to call a young one over <laughs> to show us exactly how to do that. How do we apply this? I knew it could be done, <laughs> but he was very excited about that. So pay attention. He may be, he may be uh, posting some live Insta stories. Oh my goodness. That's so exciting. So, so who was the, who was the young person? Was it Eden McCoy? Was it Garen? Who's the, who's the well, uh, technological I, advisor? I said, well, I said we needed Haley cause she taught mm-hmm. me how to, how to do them, but um, she wasn't there. Then I, I thought Ryan, 
And he's like, I'm not real good at it. And it was, uh, and <laughs> it was, it was who we call baby Ange, one of our, um, makeup artists on the show. She showed us how to do it. Marvelous. Marvelous. <laughs> now, um, I'm interested. Steve Burton is someone that of course, as Carly, you worked with a whole bunch. Mm-hmm, and now yes. as Kim, you're working with him a little bit and he's got the same face as the guy that Kim was obsessed with sort of for yes. many years. Like, so tell me yes. about working with him again and creating that new dynamic. Uh, yeah, so we actually do, like you said, get to work together, and it is great. So I think, you know, every time she sees him, it's like, whoa, you know, I, she's Kim is getting beyond the fact that this is the face of the man she was in love with who she had a child with, even though his personality is not, because it's not true. But um, but we have, I, I really enjoy working with him. You know, you get those eyes, <laughs> Um, and he's, you know, he gives you his eyes, he gives you his heart through his eyes, you know? And, um, and I think that we have a, we have a really nice, a really nice flow. Um, again, we don't work that much. We've done, you know, a handful of scenes, but when we have, I've really enjoyed them. And I really like the last one. Um, we got to play when, um, uh, when, when he brought, Oscar into the hospital and she was like, Oh, I don't think I'll ever get over your face. I don't know how it, how it actually played, but, um, in, in the, in the moment it was, it was there, it was present. It was, and, and, you know, to say, Oh, to have that whole thing of like, I know you, I know you from the past, but I don't know you. It's kind of like, Oh, I know you. We used to work together in a different capacity. (laughs) 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 So it is, you know, it's like, there's something about you. I know. That's so funny. Yeah. You can draw on your real life relationship to uh, imbue those scenes. I mean, there's history there, (laughs) you know, there wouldn't be for his character, but there certainly is for Kim and therefore Tamara. So plus, plus, thank you very much. Um, so how does it feel being Port Charles's go-to OBGYN and playing that? <laughs> and where are you drawing on experience for, to uh, um, make those scenes seem realistic? <laughs> I have the greatest gynecologist in the world, although I haven't been for a while. Um, she's awesome. <laughs> well, if she's listening um, now, she's gonna. her office is going to give you yeah, a call. Like, yeah, I was going to say, should I give her a shout out? But I don't want too many people going to her and then me not being able to get in. Um, I'll, just, I'll just call her Dr. O. Um, and... So, and it's not for the big O that we would like to have sometimes. <laughs> but, um, but her last name does start with an O. But um, she's fantastic and real and warm and down to earth and someone you can, you could tell whatever you needed to tell it to. You know, there's sometimes you go to doctors and you just feel nervous and you can't talk. And sometimes you feel like they are above you. And especially when you're dealing with the lady parts, sometimes you can be embarrassed about stuff. She was the kind of doctor who was never like that, you know, just absolutely just a cool chick. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, I'm just like, okay, I'll play Dr. O in terms of the warmth and the accessibility and the no judgment and the professionalism on top of it. So that's where I'm pulling my stuff, I guess, for Dr. For Dr. Nero. Um, but, well, um, that's the highest compliment, do, really, you could pay her. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 
Well, I, I will. Next time I make my appointment, I'll be like, "Hey, by the way, I'm playing you on TV." <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's so funny. I did tell her nurse because her nurse retired. I mean, I've been going to this woman for like 20 years now. But um, her nurse retired and moved away, and um, she was going to be back in town. We were going to grab a coffee because she was so cool. And I told her, "Oh, guess what? I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing a gynecologist. So I'm basically, you know." being Dr. O. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it does allow you to really interact with, you know, so many different women on the cast. Um, Is that fun for you? to come in and get their pap smears. Mm. Right. No one's getting their pap smears. (laughs) It's always ultrasounds. (laughs) Yes, it's always an ultrasound. Or we're telling somebody that, you know, they can't get pregnant or... (laughs) They are pregnant. Yes, exactly. But, you know, have you noticed there have been a few babies born, and Kim has not delivered right, one of no them. Right, no help from Kim. <laughs> yeah, she, does, she only gets called off screen to go deliver a baby. We've never actually seen that, that go down. Clearly, they don't trust your uh, catching skills or something, Tamara, that they're not yes, scripting they them don't, for you. they don't trust my, my ability with the main cast to deliver babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just, it's just simply not dramatic enough for an actual doctor to deliver a baby in a hospital. When would that ever happen on General Hospital? Um, <laughs> so in addition to, of course, um, your run as Carly and now your uh, performance as Kim on General Hospital, you've had important roles on both days and on All My Children. So when mm-hmm. you think back on being on those shows, what are your standout memories of your time, uh, let's start with, in Salem? My time in Salem. Okay, the first time around, because I've, I've visited Salem, you know, Indeed. a few times now. Yes, but my right, first Ava, time Ava and Taylor. Yep. <laughs> yes, but even as Ava, I've been there a few times. So um, as Ava, I I just loved her first time around, loved her with every bit of my being because <laughs> she was, she. I mean, she was, she was a piece of work. And I think that's also one of the reasons I loved her because there's so much there. You know, it was a short-term contract and they... They knew the first half of it, what they were, what they wanted. So in terms of they had made a certain development of the character, it wasn't slow kind of build. Let's see where she goes and how Tamara plays her to see, you know what I mean? It was, all right, we have an idea of this character and this is what it's based on, blah, blah, blah. So I immediately started doing research because it was a character that I could do research on. And, um, and I, I, I just loved her so much because I got to sink my teeth into so much. And it was, um, Ed Scott was fantastic. He was, he was our EP at the time. And I remember one day he goes, oh, just, he goes, I just, just do what you do. Like he gave me free reign to be. And there's nothing better, more freeing than somebody giving you free reign to do what you, what you do, mm-hmm. what you are, were hired to do, you know? Let a, let a, let an actor act, especially if they know how. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is good advice. Um, I think the Emmy you won proves that. Oh, well, thank you. It was an incredible role to get to sink my teeth into, and I'm so grateful. And I had so much fun with everyone over there. So much fun. <laughs> And then I know All My Children was just no fun at all because you were stuck working with Alicia Minshew and Eden Regal and Torsten. Horrible women. Yeah. Terrible people. Mm-hmm. I really had to, 
I had every morning I had to, you know, do a lot of positive affirmations <laughs> that it was going to be a good day. Yeah. I had to work with these horrible people. <laughs> no, I had, I had, a, I loved being there too. Oh um, my gosh, you know, Lish is one of my dearest friends. Eden and I keep playing phone tag about when the heck are we ha- getting together? It's like our schedules are nuts. But, um, no, it was, I loved, I loved being there. I loved being in New York. I loved playing that role. It was so important to me to be part of that first same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, just, it was a bit of history right there. And it was at a really important time. And and Eden and I became really good friends while we were there. And we experienced so much together of, you know, of playing the characters and also just enjoying time in New York and I loved it. <laughs> I want you to bring Aiden I mean, Regal to the General Hospital set for a reunion with you, Elizabeth Hendrickson, and William DeVry all in one fell swoop. Okay. You know, we were all talking about that. Okay. So um, what did, oh gosh, what did we call it? I don't know if I can say it right now. <laughs> but we were, all three of us were in a scene together saying, um, we are all connected to Bianca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, love. Okay. What did we say? It was terrible, but it was like, Love, rape, and and what was and marriage because it's yes, all you know right. all the same. But you know, so so Will's character, God, he raped her and was ended up being the father of her child, mm-hmm. which then ended up being which I ended up adopting her child. Right? I mean, so I was the mother to both of her kids. So so Miranda, right? Bizarro. I marry her and. Um, and Lizzie's character was in, you know... And was you couldn't a, have married her if Lizzie's loved. character hadn't cheated on her and broken her <gasps> heart. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even know yeah. that she broke her heart. Yeah, you're going yeah, to have to give her do- shade next time you see her. Yeah, but you know what? Reese broke her heart, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a leg to stand on there. <laughs> yeah, not much of a leg to stand on. <laughs> we, You know, we're all flawed. <laughs> we're flawed humans. We're flawed soap characters. <laughs> yeah, you all did Bianca wrong just in varying degrees. That's that's the yes. conclusion I'm reaching. <laughs> yes, I did her wrong the least amount. So right, I'm going to that. <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm on the podcast now. Yes. <laughs> now, Mara and I were talking before we started talking to you and we were saying how much we love following your Instagram account and how we really feel like we've gotten to know even more about you sort of by the photos you share. Um, how would you describe yourself when you're not on set? Like, what do you tend to do with your downtime or what kind of person are you? We know, but um, not everybody knows. <laughs> we know. We know. We know all too well. <laughs> mm. Well, you guys, I think on Instagram, you can tell I have a love affair with my dog. Um, <laughs> little. Um, I spend a lot of time cuddling and playing with him and, you know, being a, a, a little Doggy mama. Um, I've been very bad lately, very bad, but I used to be very involved in yoga. But in the last, oh, too many months, I have not been, <laughs> I have not been in that world. Um, my teacher is no longer teaching and I'm really particular. <laughs> so I'm trying to find, you know, somebody, something, but I go on lots of walks. I'm fortunate. I live in an area where I'm near a body of water where I can walk around. A lot of people are, I love just, you know, my life is kind of, 
kind of just regular. It's not really super duper exciting. I like to do the things that most people like to do, you know, spend time, time with good friends and people who lift me up and go to plays and go see movies and go on hikes and, you know, get some veggie juice and try some new recipes out and (laughs) just regular old stuff. Nothing super exciting. And then the exciting stuff I'm not going to let you know about. (laughs) Fair. That's totally fair. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Some things are meant to be just for you. And when I say you, I mean me. (laughs) We're okay. We're okay with that. We'll we'll get you back okay. on the podcast, though. We'll we'll demand <laughs> okay. at least one exciting tidbit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, we're going to let you go, but it was so awesome to get to chat with you, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. You guys have a beautiful day. Thank you too, too. Guys. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Tamara for being our guest. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and join us next week for another podcast. 